hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Kevin West. To order or download additional resources, please visit kevinwest.org. Have you ever been to a place in your life that you have um, come to a, a position or time where you feel like you've, you've been before? And what I mean by that is the Lord directs your steps, brings you to a certain place, uh, circumstantial, uh, things, things like that happen in your life. He bring you to a certain spot and you're faced with familiar territory that you dreaded in the past and now you find yourself dreading it again. Let me give you an example. Fear. You're afraid. God starts moving in your life out here. You've been praying for him to do something incredible. God, do it, do it, do it, do it, do it. And all of a sudden, here you are. Oh, God. I, I, know, I know a lady that I help pray and pray and pray for her son to come off drugs. Right? He was on drugs, and we prayed and prayed and prayed. And every time he would get to the place, he, got, he would go through his rehab and get sober for a while, she would be a nervous wreck because she was afraid he was going to relapse. So the fear of him relapsing was more turmoil and torment than back here. Same kind of fear, just a different outcome. Here you're afraid he's going to die. Here you're afraid he's going to relapse. What do you do when you've come to the line again in your life where you've got to cross the line or retreat and let fear, anxiety, worry, concern, here's one, anger, rage, all come to this place and you hit this, this point and you go, oh, it's easier just to pull away from it than it is to cross over. Retaking the test, circling the mountain, we preached them all. But here you are, you're on this line, you come to this place, and you're going, if I don't conquer this rage, this anger, this fear, this insecurity, if I don't conquer this now, I'll pull away, miss the opportunity that's presented to me right this moment. Sometimes it's laziness. Amen. <clears throat> Procrastination. And then you come back here, we call them all the devil, because it's just easier. Right? That devil, that devil, just, that devil. The de no, sometimes it's not the devil. Sometimes it's the way you think. Amen. And you come to this place, the line's here. God brought you to this place to conquer that territory in you so you can sustain a level of glory and a level of relationship with him in life that your heart desires, that you prayed yourself to but you have to get there. You know what I'm talking about this morning? Oh, yeah. You're back here. Let me just get real practical. You said, God, I need this to happen in my life. I need my husband to change. He begins to change. You start seeing movement going that direction, and here you are. And now he starts to point out the things <laughs> in you that you was easier to point out the things in him when he was back there. Here he's saying, 
you drove me to drink. Drink. Can we just read the scripture? We can just all go home. But that'd be just easier today. Right. You, 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 you nag and you nag and you nag and you nag. He didn't care when he, you nagged when he was over here. Now he's coming here. Come, I'm coming out. And I'm going I'm to follow what the Lord has for me. And here you are. And he's at the point. He's got his toe on the line again. And this time he starts hearing the nag. And you know what he does? He goes talk, talking about the nag. Are you in a position to deal with your nag now that he's got his toe on the line? Or is it easier for you to go back? How do you want it? I feel like I'm going to be like Jesus today. What do you want me to do for you? What, what do you want? What do you, what do you want? And everything that he has for you is at your fingertips this year. I'm telling you, I'm seeing things happen in people's life that it's scaring them to death. And they're having to get up to this line and re look at it and go, I've got to deal with my stuff. And the reason you have to deal with your stuff is if you don't deal with your stuff, you got one of two choices. You go back and pray to come out of your last hole and there'll be another hole for you to come out of or you pray to have the courage and the boldness to deal with the stuff and then come through the line, cross over the line and then sustain at a level that door will close behind you. The line moves. You gotta move the line by crossing over the line. Take a husband that abuses a wife. He's verbally abuses, he's maybe physically abusive. It, all, it doesn't start out by hitting her. It starts out by talking down to her. Little things. Once he moves the line, guess what? That's the next part, part, part time to start. The, when the line moves, that's the beginning of the next place. And then it goes, escalates, it gets worse and worse and progress. And then you wonder how you got there. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. So you, 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 that's how it works. Your kids start pushing, moving the line, moving the line, moving the line, moving the line. You've got to come over the line and establish how you want your house and your life to be. Amen. Because the Lord is pulling you, driving you, moving you to moments in your life. Right this moment, there's, there's things that are happening in your life. Nobody's exempt from this. There's things that are happening in your life, and you've got to determine, am I going to live in fear or am I gonna take the fear head on and conquer the fear and let that be my next level of starting out with the Lord? Because right now it's your ceiling. It's supposed to be your floor. You get angry. And your tendency in the past to be angry is to withdraw because you don't need the headache because it runs in your family. Am I talking to anybody today or just, it's just me? Seriously, it runs in your family. You, you, man, my, my dad and my grandpa was angry. My mom was angry. My dad got angry and I got this, and I can get, I can get man, I can go to zero to three seconds or go to three, zero to 100, 100 miles per hour in three seconds. It don't take me no time just to escalate. It just don't take me no, I've heard people say this. I've watched it and they just, whoo. And then it's everybody else's fault and everybody else around them has to deal with you escalating. Right? And then all of a sudden now people start walking on eggshells and tiptoeing around you. Listen, I got news for you. There's no more eggshells. Not the season that we're life we're in. Not what the Lord is doing in 2018. Not where it is today. No, 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 no. You got to deal with your stuff because everybody else is going to be dealing with their own stuff. They don't have time to be making concessions for your stuff. 
Oh, yeah. If he would only change. Well, if he does change this, he prepared to, you prepared to deal with your stuff to sustain the change. If he gets saved and you're maybe once a week kind of person or once or twice a month kind of person to go to church and he gets on fire for the Lord, are you going to drag him down? We're going to do an altar call. I can just feel it. Hey, Chad, put this scripture up there. We're going to deal with some, we're going to talk about circumcision today so we can cross the line, right? Circumcision, I heard some of these guys go. Well, let me tell you something. Many, when we were circumcised as a child, as a baby, I don't remember that, but I certainly know what it's like to be circumcised at 30. It's painful. I still remember being circumcised at 30, and I'm not talking about a physical circumcision. I don't remember when I was seven or eight. I don't remember that first week of circumcision. Y'all, guys, but I got news for you. In the kingdom, there is no male or female. And when you become thrust out into the kingdom, you're gonna get circumcised. And there's gotta be a tearing away and a separation of some things that are in the heart to prepare us to go to the next place in God. It's the beginning and the sign of his covenant with us to go and experience all that he has for us. And it's tough being circumcised. Look at Luke, Luke chapter 1, verse 77. Luke 1, 77. <clears throat> uh, 77. Ready? Gabriel's coming to... to, to, to to Mary. Mary's ready to have a baby. She's pregnant with child. This is the message that comes to her. You're going to give a birth to a son. I know you haven't been with a man, but here's the story, Mary. His purpose is to give knowledge of salvation unto his people by the remission of their sins. Now look at this. He's gonna give the knowledge of salvation to the people by the remission of of sins. What is the knowledge of salvation coming to? How's it coming? How are you gonna know it's coming? You're gonna know the message of the knowledge of salvation by Jesus when he takes away the, their sins. He doesn't take away your, he doesn't give you salvation to take away your sins. He takes away your sins so you have salvation. Right? Chad, pull up that, that definition of, of salvation. Let's just really get on the same page here for just a moment or two. Strong's definition of salvation. Deliverance, prosperity, victory. Look at all those words. Deliverance, welfare, prosperity, salvation by God, victory. Let's go to the next, the next one, remission. Remission, to release from bondage or imprisonment forgiveness or pardon of your sins, letting them go as, as if they had never been committed. So what's the message of Jesus to, to, from, to Gabriel to Mary? You're gonna give birth to a son that's gonna go throughout all of the world, all of this world, and he's gonna tell them 
they have been pardoned of their sins. When they hear the message that they're gonna be pardoned of their sins, that's the knowledge of their salvation. Right? The more you know you have been pardoned of yourself, the more you'll realize that victory, prosperity, deliverance is yours. If you still have the jury out on how's this thing, whole thing works, the message is not somebody coming to the altar and us telling them, hey guys, listen, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta confess all your sins to the Lord and, 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 and we're gonna say, say Romans 10, 9, and 10, the sinner's prayer, because that was told before Romans 10, 9, and 10 was written. All this stuff, you don't have to, no, the message that we have to get to people that I gotta get to you this morning is this. Your sins have been pardoned. Past, present, and future, right? The more that becomes a reality to you, the more you can become knowledgeable of what prosperity, deliverance, and liberty God has for you, right? So the message is not, okay, let's wrestle with the, the sin issue in the church. The, the, the message of the church problem that we're dealing with people today is it's all in our mind. It's in our head. We've got to begin to cut back on some thinking that we have that's kept us in the dark, that's kept us out of the provisions of God, out of the promises of God. We've got to get those thinkings that we have, they're bad thinkings, changed, right? Because we're still, even though we're, our sins have been forgiven and we feel like, God, we're saved, we're on our way to heaven. If something happened to us right now, we would spend eternity with heaven. Thank you, God, for all of that. The real issue that we're running into with people right now in our own lives is that we're still running around the same mountain. It's not a matter of heaven or hell. It's a matter of entering into what God has for you in this life. And the, we're, many of us are coming up way too short on the promises of God in our life so we hope for deliverance, we hope for prosperity, we hope for freedom and liberty, we hope for all that, but it always comes back to our actions and we're still thinking about, God, we're doing this right and we're doing this right, we're doing this wrong, what am I doing this wrong and this right, this right, and I'm act, it's all about my behavior and I gotta get it to you today that it's about how you see it. Amen. It's about how you think. We've got to, cut, we've got to circumcise our mind into the place that God has for us. We've got to cut away from some stuff. Now, when the church talks about cutting away stuff, we start talking about sins of the flesh. We say, oh, we got to stop. We got to get that sin out of your life. You got sin in your life. You got sin. There's something worse. There's something worse than pornography. There is. There's something worse than addiction. There is. The effects are or, or horrifying of those. But fear is worse than any output of sin. You believe that? What are you afraid of? When I, when, I, when I start talking to people and 
you know, I had people come in my office in years past and they'll say, man, I, you know, I've, got, I've, got a, I've got a real, we use pornography, I'll just stay there for a second. I've got a real pornography issue, the guy says. And I go, man, we got, and I'm telling you, I can trace it back to fear every time. Insecurity every time. He wants free from pornography. I gotta get him free from fear. Because if he doesn't get free from fear, he'll manifest fear. If he does conquer pornography, he'll manifest in something else. If he's got anger or rage, and, I, and he's talking about here, man, he's got this temper. He said, I just make everybody around me feel less than. I just make everybody feel demeaned. I, I just talk down to people and I get mad. And I see, I, I just, well, you want me to give you three principles and three practices to help control that? I'm not gonna do that. I gotta get over here and talk about why you feel that way and it's anger and why is that anger there? Because if you don't get a hold of this, it will manifest over there. Adam, where are you? When he sat in the garden. He said, I hid because I was afraid. Fear. Joshua chapter five. I'm gonna read nine scriptures and then I'm gonna take about 15 minutes and this, drill this into us as fast and hard as I can. Joshua five, one through nine. You gotta realize the children of Israel had just come through Egypt, just came through the wilderness. It was several, the older generation had died off a brand new generation and a new time had just come on the scene. Now watch this. And it came to pass when all the kings of the Amorites, were, were, which were on the side of Jordan westward, and all the kings of the Canaanites, which were by the, the sea, heard that the Lord had dried up the waters of Jordan from before the children of Israel until we were passed over. Look at this, that their hearts melted. Do you know that your enemy, the enemy of your soul, is more concerned about you than you think he is. He's afraid of you. He already knows the God that has brought you out of all your stuff. You have, everyone in here has a testimony and probably multiple testimonies and stories where God has done some incredible things in your life. Amen. You do. Don't you think the enemy doesn't know all those, those testimonies? Yes, yes he does. If the, if the enemy couldn't kill you back then, what makes you think he can kill you today? Amen. He can't kill you today. Right. He can't take you out today, but he can get you to self-destruct. He can get you in fear. Now watch this. Their hearts had already melted because they know you're on the scene. Do, do you know it's 2018 and you have scars in your life? You've got things that you've gone through going, my God, I don't know how we made it. Those scars are an incredible testimony yeah. that what the Lord has done in your life. You've come to 2018, you're in September of 2018 and you're ready to cross over to the new season of your life. It's a brand new life, it's a brand new season, it's a brand new opportunity. Things are opening up for you. Your kids are a certain age, your life is a certain age, you've been married so many years. Things are happening for you and now this bright future is ahead of you and if you don't think it's there, you're missing the whole point. It is there. It's everywhere right now. Everywhere I turn, there are opportunities for people's life. I'm seeing things happen. It's not a matter of now having to pray a boulder out of the way. Somehow God just moving a boulder out of the way and we're looking at the opening door, open door. Yeah. There is open season of what God is doing in people's life. The only thing that's keeping people from doing what they're supposed to be doing is they've got this imaginary line that they have created in their head because they've been there before. And when they see that before, they go, huh, 
And then the enemy does send people across your path or circumstances across your path to get you to have a familiar feel that you've been here before. And you have one of two choices. You can cross the line, conquer that thing, because that thing that you're trying to conquer is really afraid of you. That's verse one. It already knows what's ahead of it. It can't stop you. If you only you can stop you. Amen. Only you can stop you. Neither was their spirit in them anymore because the children of Israel, they were crushed. Do you know the, 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 the God, the prince of this world, is shaking? The, the prince of the power of the air, the rulers of, of, of over Huntington and the tri-state or the, the United States, they've been put on notice. Yeah. If you don't think for one minute, they're having to figure out what we're doing because God is mobilizing a body on the earth to advance his kingdom. If you don't think that, and it's gonna advance healing, it's gonna advance prosperity, it's gonna, it's gonna advance salvation, right? It's, going, it's happening all over. I'm seeing people get saved that there's no way they could ever get saved. They were too bad to get saved. They were too mean. I'm talking about people that, the worst of the worst. Man, and it took a couple of garden hoses of the blood to get some of that stain off some of these people because they were some rough people, but I'm seeing it. I'm, see, I'm seeing marriages that have been 25 years one way. All of a sudden, God turned that thing around. I'm seeing women that have gone through divorces in the past and men that have gone through divorces in the past and they're hurting and they're full of pain and they've been afraid and they've been isolated. God, is it ever gonna happen? Is it ever gonna happen? But every, every time it, God begins to move, they begin to self-destruct because the insecurity starts rising up. But God keeps bringing them opportunity. One right after, I'm seeing it happen like never before. And there is nothing in your past that can stop you from your future. Amen. The only thing that can stop you is if you keep living back there. Right. Don't bring that thing forward, cross the line. Yeah. Are you hearing what I'm saying this morning? Amen. You've got to understand what the Lord is doing in this season. This was a season in time. This was not like Pharaoh's day. This is Joshua's day. This wasn't Moses' day, Moses was dead. It's a brand new time and a brand new day. If you don't know the times and the season that we're in right now, you're gonna miss your moment. That's why I'm amplifying this voice to tell you this thing is open season. It is advancement time. But I've got these things that are in front of me only if you keep looking at them. Pile, knock those things down. Boy, but I gotta, you don't understand. I got, fear and insecurity will stop you from moving forward. Amen. And I, you think I'm kidding? God's gonna rub your nose in this thing. It's like a, a dog peeing on the carpet. You're gonna be housebroken whether you like it or not. You're coming through. And if you don't think you are, you can try to retreat, but he's gonna put something back here to box you in so you have to be faced with the very thing that you need to conquer. Because the people that are in front of you, the enemy that's trying to take you out, is afraid of you. Next verse. At that time, the Lord said unto Joshua, make these sharp knives and circumcise again the children of Israel the second time. And Joshua made him sharp knives and circumcised the children of Israel at the hill of the forest king. Now what, this is strange, because now they're adults. And I'm telling you, 
I know what it's like to be circumcised. I'm talking about ripping away correction from the Lord, right? Adjusting your life, dealing with your fear and insecurity at 30, 35, 40. You're not exempt from circumcision. You're not exempt from the cutting away. We think cutting away and separation is separating from the things of the world. I got news for you. If you don't get rid of that stuff that you're dealing with in your mind, everywhere you go is in the world. Oh, man. Joshua made his knives and circumcised the children of Israel at the hill of the foreskins. What's this. And this is the cause why Joshua did circumcise. All the people that came out of Egypt that were males, even all the males of war, they all died in the wilderness, by the way, after they came out of Egypt. Now, all the people that came out were circumcised, but all the people that were born in the wilderness, by the way, as they came forth out of Egypt, them had not been circumcised. Or the children of Israel walked 40 years in the wilderness to all the people that were men of war, which came out of Egypt were dead. They were died consumed. Because they obeyed not, look at this, because they obeyed not the voice of the Lord and to whom the Lord swore that he would not sh- uh, show them the land which the Lord swore unto their fathers, that he would give us in that land that flows with milk and honey. Verse seven. And their children, whom he raised up in their stead, them Joshua circumcised, for they were uncircumcised because they had not been circumcised by the way because they were born in the wilderness. And it came to pass when they had done the circumcising of all the people, watch this, that they abode in their places in the camp till they were whole. And the Lord said unto Joshua, this day I have rolled away the reproach of Egypt from off you. Wherefore, the name of this place is called again, to this day is called Gilgal. Now what am I telling you? What am I saying? What does this mean? Moses brought the children of Israel out of Egypt brought him across the Red Sea and had incredible miracles. The people got challenged along the journey in the wilderness. They start having families and been populating. They start having kids. The kids that were born in the wilderness were not circumcised. Joshua and all the kids, the people coming out of, or Moses and all the people coming out of Egypt were circumcised. So you had another young generation that's growing up underneath here. These kids that grew up did not know what Egypt looked like. All they knew what Egypt was was what their mom and dad told them. They had no reference of Egypt other than what mom and dad had told them. They had stories, but they never had experience, right? So they grew up not really understanding the, 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 how it's like to be under the pressures of Egypt. But here they are now in the wilderness. They know there's a promise because they're hearing two stories. A generation told them two stories, how bad it was that we came from and how good it's supposed to be where we go. I'm telling you today, There is a generation of people on the earth in 2018 that don't understand how it was way back when we were fighting denominationalism and all the other stuff back then. And but they also have heard how God's supposed to heal, set free, and deliver in salvation. So they hear the promises of God not being attained, but they've also heard how bad it was back then and are not experiencing that either. That's why they don't want any part of church. This generation, they're tired of hearing how bad an offense was back 20 years ago. They didn't live under that offense. 
Mom and dad were hurt. We got hurt in church. We got, we're hurt. We got those people, you know, that guy said, they, and they're rolling their eyes because they can't relate to that. But all the while, mom and dad are still feeling that offense and hurt back over here. They're living and raising these kids in an environment. God, this is good. Raising these kids in an environment that the, the pressure and the, the fear and the untrustworthy, they don't trust people. So because they don't trust, they have to control. So the kids today are 18, 20, 22, 25, 30, 40 years old, living here, hearing the promises of God are yea and amen, but not seeing them. But also hearing how bad it was way back then and the fights that happened way back then and don't want anything to do with way back then. So here they are today going, I can't live in your experience and I'm tired of hearing what God will do Somebody show me God today. Show me the reality of Jesus today. Does he heal or doesn't he heal? Does he deliver or doesn't he deliver? Does he, is, is salvation only going to heaven or is it, do I hold on real tight? Because if I, I got news for you, I'm 50 and I got, I'm not holding on for another 30 years to go there. If that's what I got to look forward to, Tell a 20-year-old that. Tell a 12-year-old that. Hey, guys, life expectancy is extending. Used to be 65, now it's 72, now it's 75. And they're going, dear God, the only option they have is hurry, Jesus, come back and get us. Why? Because nothing's advancing. So they grow up, and here's what's happening. Because we have not dealt with our fears and angers and insecurities, those kids keep pushing us to the level that we gotta keep dealing with it. They rub your face right in it. They provoke you. This generation is provoking. It's provoking, and then what, here's what the Lord's doing. The generation is provoking, and now God is provoking. Because he's gonna bring you to a place of promotion in your life, and elevation in your life, but you gotta deal with something that you've dealt with for the last 20 years. Because your dad dealt with it. Your grandpa dealt with it. And it's anger, and it's fear. And every time you feel the anger and the fear, you lock up and lock down, and you get to withdrawal. And then somebody has to come in and pull you out. People are tired of trying to pull you out of your fear and insecurity. Amen. They're tired of dealing with you, dealing with you. Yeah. They're wanting to say, come on out and play because we got things to do. And sometimes, I feel like sometimes going and grabbing them going, get yourself out here. Come on. Do you see what the Lord is doing in your life? He's opening up windows of opportunity that is so great. He said he would open up the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that you don't have room enough to receive. Yeah. But you keep withdrawing. Deal with your anger. Deal with your rage. Circumcise that place. Separate yourself and cross over the line. You have to. You have to. You can't go back to Egypt. You have no frame of reference. You can't jump into tomorrow because it's not here yet. All you have is what you have right now. And you gotta deal with that. And the reason we have to deal with those particular issues is because where the Lord is taking us, we will never sustain it unless you deal with it now. Amen. You'll lose it. He gives you 20 people to supervise and one makes you mad. He gives you five locations and you can't open one on time, 
kills your body and you still go back to that? See, it's not a matter of going, you gotta quit doing that so God can heal your body. No, God wants to heal your body. Get off of that. That is not the God. That's not our object. It's a nuisance. Your anger is not the object. Your purpose and future are the object. The anger is in the way. Your worry is in the way. I, you don't understand. Every time I, I get there, I get, I get, success comes quickly, and then I, for whatever reason, I just self-destruct. You're not gonna self-destruct anymore. You're so insecure, you're afraid of succeeding. I know a guy that owed $100,000 to a guy. 100 grand. 100 grand. He wouldn't start his business. He wouldn't take a risk. He kept himself in this, this job that was just barely above minimum wage because had that thing hanging over his head. What him $100,000. Here he was. And I'd always say, man, you got so much in you. I know, man, but I gotta, I gotta keep working because I gotta keep knocking at that thing away, knocking that thing. I said, all right, and here we are. Here we are. I'm talking about years went by. He got it down to like 90 after like 10 years. And I'm thinking to myself, man. So I knew the guy. The guy was very well off. And the $90,000 wasn't gonna make a difference to him. So I make the phone call to the guy. I said, won't you do me a favor? He said, what? I said, you have the power. And this is a believer. I said, you have the power to free this man. Here's what his words were. If I relief, release that debt and forgive that debt $90,000 owed to me, he still won't be free. I said, I'll bet you. He said, he won't be free. He's using me as the excuse to not jump out. I said, I tell you what, if he don't jump out, put that $90,000 on me. Like a fool. <laughs> you know what he did? He said, all right, you got a deal. I said, let's do it. I said, but here's how it has to work. You have to free him. You have to go to him and you tell him. He said, okay. He goes and meets with him one-on-one. -on -one. And I wasn't there because I was afraid how it was gonna happen. <laughs> Fear, I'm crossing the line, guys. I'm with you. He comes out. Said, I'm forgiven the 90 grand, I'm taking it off of you. He said, I know it'll take you your whole life to pay it back. He said, You're kidding me. He said, I don't have to pay you anything. He said, No, I'm your brother, I'm a brother, we're done. You don't owe me anything. You don't owe me anything. I don't need that 90,000. It's not gonna, I mean, it's not gonna make a difference in my life. I mean, that's a lot of money. I mean, not everybody's in that position. I know, but he he was. He said, I'm done. So the guy calls me on the phone, he says, You're not gonna believe what just happened. He said, it's gone, it's off of me. I said, how many years do you live with? He goes, oh my gosh, years. I've lived with waking up every morning and going to bed knowing that pressure's here. It's right here, it's right here. He said, you understand. I said, did it affect your relationships? Man, he said, I almost went through a several, my wife should have left me years ago because of what, the pressure, the pressure, the pressure, yeah. Yeah, I said, how about the kids? He goes, it robbed me. Man, I was on, he said, I've, I've been taking medication. I've had to do everything. I wouldn't even go to my kids' ball games because the pressure was mounting on top of me. 
God, I'm speaking to somebody today. I couldn't do it because it just, I couldn't, I couldn't fix that thing. It was just there. And it was, it was, it was, it was just oozing out into everything of my life. And everything was being affected by this one thing. He said, but it's gone. He said, it's over. What are you, what are you going to do now that it's over? It's gone. What, what are you, what are you going to do? And he said, listen, his, his words. He said, I don't know how to live free. I, I need that thing. It, was, it brought security. It brought safety. He learned how to maneuver within the confines of that situation. I said, what are you going to do? I don't know. I said, well, first thing you're going to do is you're going to start dreaming again. Are you ready to dream? He said, yeah. I said, you happy in your job? No. No, I'm not happy in my job. I said, you can find another one. I don't even, I don't even, know, where to, I don't even know where to look. I said, the job for you is not on the other side of the line, this side of the line. The job for you is on the other side of the line. I don't, I don't know how to conquer this fear, man. I'm just, I got this, this timidity inside. The timidity is on this side of the line. Fear is not over here. I called his whole family together. I said, I want to introduce you to somebody that you, you, you guys haven't seen for years. This is your new husband. This is your new dad. I said, he's a, He's crazy. He's a maniac. He's, he's going to become reckless. And they're going, what, what, do, you, what do you mean? What, what, what do you, what, what's that look like? I said, I have no idea, but you better get ready. I, I started looking at their house. I said, yep. I figured you'd probably be selling your house too. They're going, what do you mean we're selling our house? Said, I said, I just, I don't know. I'm just saying, you know, new guy, new thing, new way. I said, probably selling your, probably your house. I might even, I don't even know if you'll stay in this area. We're moving out of the area. He's looking. See what's happening. He's over here, and I'm dreaming. Are you hearing what I'm telling you? I'm dreaming for him, scaring them to death. And he starts going, "Oh God!" And it starts because dreaming and creating is contagious. But so is fear, insecurity, and anger. Because she got mad. His wife said, this is my house. We're staying in this house. I said, oh, you are? And he, <laughs> he had went to get something to drink. And I come back and I said, he told me this house meant nothing. You're selling it tomorrow. He's, put, he's already called a realtor. What are you going to think about that? She said, he didn't call a realtor without consulting with me. And I said, honey, I'm going to talk to you real quick. Well, he's gone. You've been very comfortable controlling this house. Oh, gosh, we okay? Yeah. You've been real comfortable controlling this house while he's been in his prison. He'd come out of his prison, which means you're going to have to deal with your control. Your house is about to get tore upside down, and you don't even know it. She said, well, we're not selling this house. I said, he never even told me that. I said, I'm just trying to push on your control a little bit. She said, well, don't push on my control. And the kids were going, where are we moving to, Mom? 
he come back out and I said, and I told him, he sat down at the table and I said, hey, I told you, uh, I told her that you had talked to a realtor and you're putting a house up for more. I'm not, t- I'm not putting it. And I looked at him and I said, cross the line. You, got, you can't go back. Right? Now they never had to sell the house. He has started a new job. This is a few years back. He's been promoted several times. Went back to school. Finished his degree. Got a career. His kids are growing up. House has a house of peace. I'm not looking at him either. He's here today. Look at him squirming. I'm just teasing. He's not here today. Some of you are going, but I'm talking to all of us. Are you guys following what I'm telling you? This, This is real life stuff. This is, I mean, the Lord wants you to know your salvation. That's why he came. Salvation is liberty, deliverance, prosperity, freedom. He wants you to experience all of that. And he begins to tell you that the knowledge of that is to know that you have remission of your sins. All remissions means they're pardoned. So there's nothing that can hold you down in shackles other than what you choose to lock yourself into. And I'm telling you the big two today. It's fear and anger. Those two things keep us underneath the pressure that we can learn how to live underneath the control of what our enemy has put on us. I'm telling you today, cut it off. Circumcise it, separate yourself from it. Deal with it and then cross the line. You're not gonna have to go looking for it, it's gonna look for you. Because it's beat you so many times over the years. It's beat us all. Fear has beat us and conquered us, and, it, and the Lord brings us right back up to another opportunity, and we go, oh, here I go, and we start retreating. And then we get full, and then our, our natural tendency is to, to, to move past, to try to move past the fear, so we disguise it with anger. And we get mad at everybody for putting pressure on us. It's the Lord putting pressure on you. Amen. Because he's not gonna leave you where you are. And, and, and we're not gonna become a church and I'm not gonna preach a message that, that says we're gonna get into all this, 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 this behavioral stuff. I'm all for behavior, but it's gotta be how you think. If you don't deal with this, I can't give you four steps to get out of your mess because out of that mess becomes another mess because the way you thought got into that first one. And the reason those guys had to die off in the wilderness is because they didn't believe This generation that's on the earth today, your kids, my kids, our grandkids, us, we weren't born in Egypt. Amen. That's why you get the, you know, the millennials, and they, they've seen, they're like on every headline now. Because they, 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 everybody talks about, well, they just want everything for free. They want everything for free. They, they have not been born over here. Man, we did, we just did the, the, the 9-11 remembrance and ceremonies. Do you know I'm talking to so many kids? Nobody on my football team was born then. They don't have a frame of reference. It's a history book and, a, and, a, and, a, and an article in the newspaper and something on YouTube and a video. They didn't live through it. They're seeing it, but they don't know what happened on 9-12. 
Are, are you hearing what I'm saying? They don't know the world. They don't, all they know is how to go through checkpoint in airport security and go with what we, they don't know how easy it was before 9-11. They don't know, they, don't know they, they have no frame of reference. We don't need to go back and try to teach them how it was before. We need to teach them how it is today. That's why they need to know the sins are forgiven. Kids, your sins are forgiven. Let me teach you about prosperity. Let me teach you about opportunity. Let me teach you about deliverance. Let me teach you about welfare. And I'm not talking about welfare like the government welfare. I'm talking about your, your current state of being, the freedom and liberty that is waiting on you, the opportunity that's been provided for you. There's nothing too big for God. There's nothing that you can, that you can look at him and say, God, that's just too big. There's nothing impossible with him. You begin to dream, get these kids dreaming and creating. They'll learn the responsibility, they'll learn it. Why? Because God will bring them right to a place where they have to learn it. And it's our job, you and me as parents, as people, have to lead the way to show them what is out there. We can turn a generation around, we can turn a city around. And what we're doing right now, and I appreciate the prayer that's going on on Mission Tri-State and all the things that are happening in prayer, but listen, you can only pray. Prayer will take you to action. Yes. Amen. And we've got to be prepared to act yes. without fear and without rage. Yes. And it starts in your home, Amen. with your address, in your car, yes. with your kids, or you by yourself. It starts in this house, yes. right here. Yes. It's time to cross Amen. the line. Who's ready to cross the line? God will move the mountains. You just gotta learn to sustain. Can you trust yourself? God trusts you. You trust yourself. But I'm I'm I have this fear. No. God did not give you the spirit of fear. And that word fear in the Greek is timidity. He didn't give you the the spirit of timidity. He gave you the spirit of power and love and a sound mind. That's what he gave us. So I don't know what you're dealing with at your home and you're facing your life. I don't know where you are in your particular walk with God. I don't know what it is. I don't know what all the history that brought you to where you are in this moment in time. But I do know this. It's time to cross the line. It's time to put yourself in a position and make decisions that make you face off with the fear that's kept you running ragged for years. You don't understand, I got a, I got a past. I'm, I, I don't qualify for those big jobs because I'm, I got a situation back here. I got, I got fear, fear. And God came all the way from heaven through Jesus in Mary to bring people's message of, you qualify. So why do you spend all your time trying to disqualify yourself? I'm seeing people get promoted on their jobs. I'm seeing things happen. I'm seeing it, it's all over. Man, the Lord is doing something. And he's doing it in your life. Circumcised. A 
I've just been this way all my life. Well, guess what? It's time to get a new one. Well, I was, I'm this way because my grandpa was this way and my dad was this way and now it's just been carried, carried down. Well, it'll stop it today. Well, it's a lot easier said than done. Is it? See, the ark, well, I hear the Lord right now. Whew. The ark had this door, and every day the door was closing, little by little, for all those that would get in the ark. Because at a certain point in time, that door was gonna close. And this is for somebody out here this morning. ark. That ark is Christ. And he's beckoning you to get inside the ark. What's the ark look like? What's it? It's, it's in him. Every day. I don't know what to do to get in the ark. Here's what you do. And I'm telling you this by the spirit of the living God. You start today making decisions and changes in your life that you know to do that have been holding you up, that you've been wrestling with. I'm talking about you making choices. This is not some super spiritual needing a lightning bolt and a piece of thunder coming out of heaven. You already know in your heart what needs to be cut and what needs to be added what needs to be changed, what phone call needs to be made, what letter needs to be sent, what email needs to, you know what needs, it needs to happen beginning today. As the ark's door continues to close, because the more you vacillate back and forth between what is right and what is not right, you're gonna wrestle with it and you're missing and losing valuable time that the Lord has given you in the earth. Whatever it is, it's, 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 it's individual, but it's right. Would you stand with me for a moment? Now listen, we're gonna baptize sometime the first, first second week of October. We're gonna have a baptismal tank here. We're gonna baptize people. And I want to share with you over the next couple of weeks just pieces of, I expect to have a lot of people baptized. Some people will probably want to be rebaptized, right? Because you're going to get baptized into, a, into Christ in a way that you may have never heard before, okay? It's not about just getting stuff off of you. It's about getting you into the life of Christ. That's what baptism is all about. It's a sign like the circumcision is, it was a sign of the covenant and it takes you in. Listen, we're gonna mobilize a body of believers. You are those believers and there's hundreds and hundreds of hundreds of others that are still coming. And it's gonna be more than just three songs 
an exhortation, a good prayer, and a halfway decent sermon, okay? It's gonna be more than that. You are going to become the living epistle that the world is gonna be able to open up and read and find Christ in your life. It's gonna happen for you because it's gonna happen through you. You are going to be the testimony, a living, powerful testimony. And as, as Thomas stuck his hands in Je- or his fingers in Jesus' hands inside and said, I gotta see it for myself, there is a world of people out there that are not gonna just take your word for it, they wanna see it for themselves. And your greatest testimony is gonna be your greatest scar. It's gonna be your hands going, I can't explain it, but I had that pressure on me and I was living that kind of life and God just turned it around. You are going to be a living testimony for the goodness of Jesus Christ. The world is screaming and waiting to see the reality of who he really is. Father, in Jesus' name, I lift up all my brothers, my sisters to you. And I said, God, we're ready to cross the line. God, we've come so many times to this line and in fear, anger, insecurity, and then we begin to retreat and we get to have outbursts of things because we're so mad at ourselves for not crossing over the line before. We've missed opportunities. But God, you, for whatever reason in your goodness, continue to bring us back to that line again. Now we've all come and our toe is on the line. It's time to cross over that line, peel away, separate ourselves from that fear. Peel away and separate ourselves from that anger. Whatever might be holding us back, that insecurity, I'm not good enough, I don't qualify enough, I don't have the education enough, I don't, I don't, I don't. It's not what we're lacking, God. It's the salvation, the welfare, the liberty, the prosperity, and the deliverance of Almighty God because you are pushing us out into a place we've never been before. So you can roll back all of the reproach of our past situations in our life. We bless you and we thank you, God, and we're open to what you have for us in the days and weeks and months and years ahead because, God, we're excited about the advancement of your kingdom because Jesus is the only king this world ever needs to see. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. God bless you all. We'll see you all Wednesday night.